Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler and ladies and gentlemen, it's the first episode of season three. We're here to preview Villa's upcoming year and make our predictions for what lies ahead. Will Villa win a trophy after 26 years of hurt? Do we dare to dream? But before we get to all that, Frankie, how are you? Well, what an exciting week it's been. The Lionesses, mm. the Euros, uh, the Commonwealth Games and George the launch of our website www.allvillanofiller.com you can check it all out on there the person i have worked with to design this site is a brilliant designer and what they've put together is just incredible and it's very exciting to have it out there there'll be blogs on there written pieces we're looking for contributors all that and uh, a whole section on visiting birmingham Visiting Brum, what to do there? Roisin Mendonca, one of the co-founders of this podcast, has put together an amazing list of places to go. So look, allvillanofiller.com. Please check it out and let us know what you think about it all. But, uh, but George, aside from that, Commonwealth Games, the, uh, mm. the, the Lionesses, what have you made of this week? It's, it's incredible. It's been, it has been incredible. I mean, frankly, it's been, I, I've been absorbed in my own little world, unfortunately, for the past week, because I've, I've actually moved house. Yes. Um, so much so that um, it's, there's been a bit, of, a bit of a complication to this week's recordings, because I'm using a very, very dodgy uh, hotspot, Wi-Fi hotspot, which is um, uh, not doing uh, the visuals any justice, unfortunately, for this episode. It's all, it's all audio uh, this week, um, which is unfortunate, because it's the, it's the season preview show. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's not to say I haven't been paying attention to what's been going on in Birmingham, of course, and uh, and with the Lionesses. I mean it's just been amazing. Finally, Frankie, football, football's home. It's yeah, back home. it's not. It's knocked on the door. It's been the door's been opened. Yeah, the Lionesses have stepped inside. Finally, there was um, somebody in the house to answer the door. <laughs> yeah, after fifty-six lights, years or whatever it was. Lights are switched on. I mean, it was uh, it was it was just a brilliant. Um, a brilliant uh, game to watch. It had kind of everything, really. It was there were the nervy moments, obviously Germany equalising, and um, I was speaking to one of my friends watching it. I was, I was saying, wouldn't it be amazing if it was an exact replica of 1966, mm. where Germany um, scored an equaliser in the last minute? It goes to extra time. England score a dodgy third goal, <laughs> and then in injury time and extra time, they wrap it up four two. But yeah. they didn't need to do that. They didn't no. need to do that. Um, no. So uh, you know, it was just. Yeah, it was amazing, uh, amazing game, and obviously Commonwealth Games in Birmingham of all oh, places. Yeah, yeah. really put. Bur- I mean, Birmingham's already on the map, obviously, Frankie. But yeah, really put Birmingham on the map this week, hasn't it? Well, it's uh, yeah. They said there was a uh, one billion audience for it, which uh, I wasn't that impressed by because that's our weekly download numbers. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, we're not quite getting that many. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, Incredible, really. The, it just um, amazing to see, you know, watch the Commonwealth Games, watching them do marathons. Uh, run, you know, there's a wistful tear in my eye as I as I remember fondly, um, you know, that area they run past where I'm like, that's the area I nearly got started on by Birmingham City fans a few years ago. Um, <laughs> I wipe a tear from my eye as I remember such lovely moments. But yeah, just fantastic to see it. Birmingham has deserved a big event like this for a long time. Um, mm. I love the opening ceremony. I love the ball. How cool does the ball? What a cool! That was a cool ball. And let's and let's not forget, you know, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about Villa Park expanding and being a hub for inviting um, lots of you know different sorts of entertainment uh, coming to Villa Park. You know, beyond the football. Um, You know, hopefully the Commonwealth Games will be the start of that. And once Villa Park is fully redeveloped, it will will start to attract you know lots of different um, you know uh, types of things to to the ground and and to Birmingham as well. So. Birmingham is a city on the up, Frankie. And and if you want to and if, and if you do want to know what to do there, you know, do head to our website as Frankie mentioned earlier in the, earlier in the show because there is plenty to do there at the moment and there will continue to be lots to lots to do in Birmingham over the over the coming years. Well, I'll tell you about the the bull. It kind of reminded me of like um do you remember Truckosaurus in the Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, it did. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of, it kind of expecting it to just sort of it's been pulled into the arena and it's just uh the front hoof just starts moving and all the choreographed dancers just getting whacked around and stuff. It was, uh, yeah. to me, it, it looked like a blown up version of a house robot in robot wars. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't, I don't know if, if um, you know, lots of our listeners are familiar with the robot wars in the UK, but it's kind of these like small, obviously small mechanical machines that do battle. It looked like one of them. Imagine but a, but a bull. Andrew Cotter doing the commentary. Wait a second. That, that's Matilda's music. A giant Matilda <laughs> just comes riding out into the middle of the stand and they're just battering each other. Uh yeah, and it kind of, it's sort of like reminding as well of like the Trojan horse or something just coming in, and there's actually like a load of Manchunians hidden in it. Uh, we dragged <laughs> them into the arena. They're like, right, we're the second city, lads. We're the second city. Going up to the microphone and singing Oasis songs and something. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it had, it had that vibe. Um, it did. It did. It did. But it looks cool. It looks amazing. I, I hope it becomes a permanent feature of. Um, Birmingham city centre, regardless of whether there's a load of Manchurians hidden within it. No, I agree. I mean, I would say, you know, what the opening ceremony lacked was Aston Villa references, obviously, um, you know, and, and speaking of which, I think we probably need to get into the uh, the nitty gritty of uh, of the pre-season Ooh, yes. uh, preview. Um, you know, we've talked about some of the games that we played over the last few weeks, building up to this year. Things are looking good, Frankie, I have to say. We're unbeaten in pre-season, which, uh, you know, should all go well, right? Um, oh, absolutely. So, so, you know, off the back of all that then, you know, how are you feeling about Villa this year? Confident? We're certainly in a better place than we were 12 months ago. Um, let's consider 12 months ago, Jack Grealish left at the very, kind of at the tail end of the transfer window, I guess. And uh, we had kind of prepared for it uh, by buying players at, were supposed to kind of fill what he did in different ways. Um, Buendia, I think, has proven to be, as the season progressed, a good signing. And I think um, if he gets to play, uh, he'll be a key player for us this season. Leon Bailey has looked really good in preseason, which is really encouraging considering he had, I would say, a pretty disappointing season last year. Danny Ings, uh, I'm not quite sure about it at the moment. I still am on the fence about that one. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, the number nine. I hope he can do the business this season. Of course I do. Um, but Villa, uh, I think we attacked the transfer window really quickly this year, which was brilliant to see. Um, it was well organised, as Villa have this, and his board seem to have been really for a year or two now. Um, and so I think the signings we made were where we absolutely had to improve. I think we needed a more physical presence. We were getting overrun and bullied a little bit too much for my liking, particularly by teams like West Ham. And I now think that looking at Diego Carlos... There's a toughness to him. Um, he's 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 a pretty um, he's a physical, imposing player, and Bubakar Kamara is that as well. I think Diego Carlos may settle in a bit quicker. Um, he's a really experienced player. Um, you know, he's played at a very high level, as has Bubakar Kamara for many years. Bubakar Kamara slightly younger. He's a French international, but I think it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe takes him a month or two to get his find his feet. But he's, they're certainly two players that we absolutely had to get in, particularly in the CDM role. Um, I mean, God, we've been screaming about that since the dawn of time. Mm. Since the dawn of man, Adam and Eve were talking about that um, when the serpent appeared. Um, probably a Birmingham City fan, the serpent. So, um, so yeah, uh, I think we've we've done well there. Ludwig Augustinson as well, a clever signing, left-back Coutinho. Um, another, uh, you know, to sign him permanently as a statement of intent. What our formation is going to be, I don't know. But I'm cautiously optimistic that this year we have a much better chance of um, finishing top 10 and potentially pushing for Europe. How do you feel about it, George? Yeah, well, we've inputted the data into the Orville and Ophilla supercomputer. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, where where will Villa finish? Um, it's still whirring away. But I think um, I think we've got to be confident. Uh, we have had a good preseason. Uh, we had a really... Uh, torrid time of things last season. I remember it was co- it was disrupted by COVID. We had a couple of preseason games that were cancelled, um, and um, and yeah, that wasn't obviously the best start to last year. This year seems a lot more settled. We played a lot of preseason games. Um, part of me was a little bit worried that maybe the Australia trip, as great as it was, and let me just put that on record, um, might lead to a bit of sort of almost preseason fatigue and tiredness and. Jet lag, but um, you know, obviously we came back and beat Fulham in a behind closed doors friendly. Um, so we better believe I think that was one nil that game, and then we beat Ren in France. So and Ren finished fourth in Ligue 1 last season. So you know they're 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 no mugs. Um, so yeah, I think it's looking it's looking good. We've got players that are, are, 
definitely very much in form going into the year, mm-hmm. most notably Leon Bailey, um, who I think really needs to start against Bournemouth. I'm, I'm pretty sure he yes, will. I think he does. Um, and uh, and yeah, we, we've got we've got a good squad, which we haven't said for a while. Uh, you mentioned the Augustinson signing; he's just part of that sort of building the squad yes. um, element of uh, of um, the club at the moment, which is which is what we needed to do for a while. So. I was kind of looking at it and thinking, looking at our squad and looking at the, the, the quality of players that we have, there's absolutely no reason why we can't finish at least top 10, at least. Mm. Uh, that's sort of bare minimum for me, I think, top 10. Mm. And then who knows? Who knows? Because, I mean, I was looking at the clubs who'd be looking, who we would be looking to basically re- replace in those sort of places. Yeah. Uh, you know, West Ham, I don't think they've made too many impressive moves in the transfer market i don't think new strike really yeah they they bought a new striker but from italy so is it scaram well as well as scaramanger <laughs> but he's a bond villain yeah um, that's right. um, um, but, but but yeah i mean i'm unproven i guess it's one of those things where you, you never know whether you know a big money striker from overseas is gonna is gonna settle i mean yeah. god they signed uh, sebastian haller didn't they and that sort of fell apart for them but he's obviously gone on to um uh, to do well for for Ajax, um, and uh, so we'll see about them. But Wolves, something I don't know on a you, bit of a downward trajectory. Get, Wolves, I think it feels that way. It feels that way. Quite right. They're, they're a good side still, but there's yeah, a little off. I think they're not. They've been on an upward trajectory for a long time, and I think at the moment this is the first time in a few years where it's felt a bit like yes, quite sure and I, where and they're I, going. And I get the vibe from kind of Wolves Twitter, not that I'm, you know, obsessed myself with too much, obviously. But um, you just don't see... trolling them. <laughs> yeah, with my with my bot account. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I get the vibe that they're not they're not too pleased with what's going on. I don't okay. know whether it's a, a a sign they haven't sort of signed the players that they want to. I know Jimenez is injured again for quite a few shame, chunk of time. Very talented. Which is a massive yeah. shame because he's really talented, as you, yeah. as you say. But it doesn't seem all quite right and you know that the new manager had a pretty good season for his first season debut season will, will there be a kind of a second season syndrome element to to things this year right well i hope so from a villa perspective and then if you look even higher up you know where can we where can we break in even further up the table i'm not saying chelsea are going to fall away anytime soon but obviously there's the issue with the ownership and what's going on there transfer problems obviously they've 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 lost out on a lot of um mm-hmm. a lot of uh transfers this season already so could they drop out of the top four could we i'm not saying we're gonna finish top four but you know you never know could we could we uh benefit from that who knows but i would say as i say top 10 minimum but if we do have a really good start to the season there's absolutely no reason why we can't yeah. target a, a push for europe I well look say. at i think it's going to be tough but i think newcastle might have a good year ahead of them they well, finished very strongly they did you say that but they've i think they struggled with this transfer window to bring in the type of players that they'd want to bring in yeah um you'd, you'd assume they would have brought in more players by now um yeah. so i'm i'm not too i'm not convinced by newcastle at the moment i'm not saying yeah. they won't get there but i'm not convinced at the moment i i think they'll have i just building off the end of last season's momentum i think they might have a decent season Leicester haven't really signed anybody. No. And I think they might lose another big player or two. Madison's been strongly linked with Newcastle. Schmeichel. Schmeichel for Farner's been linked with Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Not exactly sure what's going on at Leicester. I haven't really kept a close Mm -hmm. eye on it. So I'm quite surprised by what's happened to them this summer. And um, of course, Rebecca Vardy lost her try. I shouldn't get into (laughs) the Wagatha Christie. Um, I love that case. It's just, I'm obsessed with it. Um, But yes, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely, um, we, we can. We, we should have the ambition to aim for top 10 and certainly to push for Europe, I think. We can do it. Um, but uh, yes, also, you know, to remember, it's a weird season. There's going to be a break in the middle with the World Cup. And yeah. Aston Villa squad's very deep now. We haven't really sold any players, which I thought was kind of surprising because at some point you're going to have to generate income. But then again, I guess five substitutes this year, a very odd season. Like who quite knows how it's going to be structured and what might happen with injuries and that kind of thing. So... I can kind of understand why we've kept a deep squad. It's an exciting season in the sense with that deep squad, I think there might be more opportunities for the likes of Cameron Archer and Kane Kessler Hayden. Mm-hmm. Cameron Archer, we'll see how it goes. A lot of hype around him. Um, and uh, Stephen Gerrard's confirmed today that he's going to be staying at Villa this season. So he has to get his chance in the Premier League. And this is where he can prove himself. And I, I'm fairly sure he'll get a, a goal or two, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, 
As for uh, Kane Castle Hayden, he's a, an alternate attacking option considering that we, we like to push our fullbacks forward. There are key attacking elements of Steven Gerrard's sides. So um, I'm excited to see Kane Castle Hayden. He's a player, if I was to keep an eye on somebody this year who's young and coming through, he's probably the one for me. He may still go on loan, um, as may Robinum, but I have a feeling they might stick around. Uh, and if they do, they'll have a, they could have a really uh, interesting season ahead. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, if we if we put a put a um, a position down, Frankie, if I mm-hmm. if I can if if I could be so bold as to ask you for a, okay. a, an official uh, position a prediction, where do you think Villa will finish the season? Um, I'm going to go with eighth. I'm going to say we get we finally get back into the top half, and I think a lot of people might say it's a little bit. You know, other fans of other clubs might say Villa fans are getting a bit ahead of themselves here, saying eighth. But why not? You know, I think we've got some really quality players in our squad, uh, and I, th- I think, yeah, I think we can do. It. I think there's a obviously preseason is um, a little bit. You can't take too much in preseason. Obviously, um, I remember Tottenham won every game in preseason under Martin Yol and then proceeded to lose. I think their first eight games of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So it can go. It can be a real false dawn. But I think there is certainly signs of a of, of a toughness of Villa that I saw against Wren that I felt I hadn't quite seen at Villa for a while. Mm-hmm. A, a sort of toughness and an, an ability to just sort of win, have a knack of winning a game um, by being a bit... You've just been tough standing up to a team and playing it around at the back. I thought we looked... Some people were saying we didn't play that well, playing around at the back. I thought we actually looked quite good. Um, there were moments when we really like were put under pressure by Ren and managed to hold on to the ball. So I think there are certain signs. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the signs to be optimistic about, and I'm not saying we're going to push for the Champions League, but I'm certainly going to say that I think we have enough to push for a European place if we can maintain, you know, if Gerard can work out what his best formation is quickly, his best players are quickly. Um, I think there's certainly room to, we can certainly believe in pushing for a trophy. And believe, and pushing for a European spot. Um, why not dare to believe that? But of course, top half finish would be, you know, it'd be good to get back there after I think 11, 12 years away. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would say eighth or ninth. Yeah, I think if we look up our limitations now beyond our strengths, um, I think midfield something about that. I just think, I mean, obviously it was amazing getting Kamara in. I think. He's got a big season, you know. There's a lot, to, a lot of responsibility on his shoulders in what is going to be his debut season in the Premier League. Um, yes. A lot of expectation. Hopefully, he can manage that. Um, but they're just that midfield. It's not. It's great. It's good. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the players there. But you know, if if we were thinking of qualify, you know, trying to qualify for Europe, is that strong enough to qualify for Europe? I don't yet know at this stage. And then up front, I have slight doubts about Watkins and Ings who should start and whether they're necessarily good enough to get us European football. I don't know. I hope so. Um, but I don't know. Uh, but I do, but I am going to be optimistic. I'm going to say, yeah, eighth, eighth or ninth to be different. I'll say ninth. Um, but yeah, as I said before, certainly top 10 is where we will finish. Um, so Frankie, moving on from that, then uh, who is, who's going to be the key man, for you, who do you think is going to be the one that makes a difference for us this season? Well, I think it's difficult to say who is Villa's key man. I think you could argue for John McGinn. Obviously, he's captain, and we'll get onto that a bit later. Um, but oh, you know, I I think it's who who's who's the who can be a match winner? Who can be the player who makes that difference uh, with a, with a moment of genius? And to be quite frank, I think the two players who can do that are probably Coutinho and Buendia. Yeah. I love Buendia, and I would start him every game, really. Um, Coutinho has been a bit inconsistent at times, but he also has moments of absolute genius that no one else is capable of. Um, So I would argue they're probably the two key men for us. But I think as the season progresses, we may find that actually, you know, it could be Diego Carlos. Mm -hmm. Um as a marshalling centre-back. And I'd be interested to see who his centre-back partner is this season. And if Bubakar Kamara can settle in quickly in that CDM role, he could turn out to be a real key man for us as well. But I'd lean towards mid- 
thinking it's more the players who are going to create that chance that gets us to three points instead of a one point, you know, Mm -hmm. to win instead of a draw, Mm -hmm. um, particularly at home. So, yeah, I think Coutinho or Buendia are two of our South American um, superstars. Mm. Uh, What about you, George? Yeah, I would I would absolutely say that. I mean, for me personally, from what I've seen of him, um, you know, not just through preseason, but in 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 spells last season as well. Buendia, um I'm excited. I, whenever he gets the ball, I just get excited by him. Um, I'm not saying. I mean, Coutinho does have those moments of magic, but um, he's a fabulous player, and the fact that we have him is just as I still find it ludicrous. Um, but. Uh, but but yeah, Buendia, he's just he's there's something about him that's so special. Um and I actually find it quite remarkable that that he was at Norwich before he joined us. He uh, yeah. you know, he, he's considering he's played for Norwich and us. I'm not, you know, we're a big club, obviously. Hmm. But he's for me, he's good enough to play for a really top, top club. And yeah. he's sort of flown under the radar for most of his career. Yeah. And I wonder whether this could be, and I hope he is, because I know, I know, you know, Gerard, he, he likes, he likes Coutinho and everything else, but I really hope Wendy is given a real shot this season, because I think he's got, he's got a bit of an X factor about him. Yeah. Um, and and, he's and he, he's a great player. And if he's given that opportunity, he's, he, he's, he looks hungry. He looks really keen to deliver in a Villa shirt. I think if he's given that opportunity, he'll, um, he'll, he'll grasp it and i think he could be the the top man and and i think if he if he does play and if he does perform then at the end of end of this season he could end up to potentially move into a to a giant club um but uh, yeah he's he's got that in his locker and i really wanted to i really want to see him deliver for for us this season so for me the key man if i'm going to zone in on one player it will be uh, it will be Wendia. um so there we are um any breakthrough player potential i mean you've mentioned a couple of names already Frankie, are you still yes. besotted with Kane Kessler Hayden? I am still besotted with Kane Kessler Hayden. I, I have pictures of him all over my wall here. <laughs> uh, obsessed. Um, no, I, I think, yes, Kessler Hayden is the player that I am most excited to see in the Premier League. Um, obviously, he's young, so there will be some tough moments ahead. He won't be perfect. But from what I've seen of his raw ability, how he's proven himself in League One and how he looked in preseason particularly against Manchester United. There's something there, I think. Uh, and so I'm excited to see what he can do in the Premier League. Archer, obviously, um, had a good time in the Championship, 7-20. in 20. Um, Premier League, again, different different kettle of fish, um, to use a, 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 a cliche. Uh, but uh, yes, um, I look forward to seeing what he does as well. But uh, also, you know, Tim Robinson. if he doesn't go out alone and he stays at Villa, I think he's probably ahead of Marvels Nakamba. I think he's technically a, a better player. He's a slightly more rounded player. And, you know, like if Bubakar Kamara is, is unfit or maybe isn't quite in form, having a open number as an option, as, in, as a backup option, I think he's shown enough already that he can handle the Premier League. Mm. So to see how he develops this season, he offers the potential for a mix up a formation as well. You know, if they wanted to move to a 4 2 3 1, which a lot of people seem to be talking about. I personally think we're going to probably start with a 4-3-3 now uh, if Bailey's in form and to fit him into the team. But, uh, yeah, if, I think you're open on as a player to keep a, a watch on this season. How exciting all these youth players. Uh, yeah. what, who, who who are you? Have you got posters of Kane Kessler Hayden all over your wall, George? No. Uh, not, uh, have no, you painted a no. mural of him yet? No, I've got a cardboard cutout of Cameron Archer in my room. Um, yeah, he he's the one for me that um, that that stands out. If I'm going to zone in on one individual, yeah. I think a couple of reasons really. Um, his progression has been phenomenal, considering he's only 20 years of age. He went out on loan a couple of seasons ago to Solihull Moors in the National League. I did okay for them. I think he scored four goals in about 20 odd appearances um, at that level. Uh, and then, you know, took the Carabao Cup by storm. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that amazing header against Chelsea, not to mention the hat-trick against uh, uh, Barrow, I think it was. Barrow. It was where um, El Ghazi was giving it the, the shush in. <laughs> yeah, to league, to league two, Barrow. Um, and, 
goes out on loan to Preston. So huge jump from, you know, the National League to the Championship in one season mm-hmm. and ends up scoring, as you say, 7-20, tough league. Yeah. Uh, as I say, my uh, my partner's um, dad is a huge Preston fan and, and he was waxing lyrical about Cameron Archer. He said he was an amazing player, was really keen to have him back this season. But as, as you say, Gerard is, is keen to keep him at Villa Park uh, this year. And the fact that he is... Uh, oh, also, let's not forget his um, international record, four and four. Yes, that's England, a good 21. point, yeah. Um, you know, where at whatever level he's played at, he has scored goals um, at 20 years of age. Mm-hmm. So, and different types of goals, you know, headers, uh, really good finishes from sort of inside, outside the box, good center of gravity, mm-hmm. um, really difficult player to, to, to sort of mark and, and keep tabs on. And as I said earlier, you know, our striking options are limited beyond Ings and Watkins. He is the next man up. Yes. Um, so, you know, I know you mentioned Kesler Hayden and Arogbenham, but there are players in those positions who can play there. Yeah. Uh, whereas to be to be our striker, you know, there's 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 less to there's less to sort of smash through, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm very much interested to see what Cameron Archer can do. As I said, Gerard's comments today, huge boost of confidence for him to go and smash it in the Premier League. So yeah, I think I think I'm really excited to see to see Archer for sure. Well, this stuff. Um, so that being said, we do play Bournemouth this weekend after what has been a good preseason. Mm-hmm. As I was saying, so given that and how they've performed, how do you think we'll line up? I want to hear your starting eleven, Frankie. Starting eleven. Oh, okay. Um, right. Uh, I think we'll start with uh, Robin Olsen in goal. Emmy Martinez dropped. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, training with the kids. No, Emmy Martinez starts. Uh, Dina, Carlos. Mm-hmm. I think he starts Mings. Okay. I think. Okay. Um, and Matty Cash. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be 4 3 3 because yeah. Bailey's form warrants a start. So I'm going to say the middle three be, will be um, Kamara, McGinn, mm-hmm. Ramsey. Okay. And the front three will be Bailey, Watkins, Coutinho. Okay. That's where I fall on. Um, see, see, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the question is, how will we line up? So how will Steven Gerrard pick our team? Mm-hmm. Rather than how I would want them to line up. They're yeah. two very different questions. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, I think I, I'm going to differ slightly. I think, I think Gerrard will... Um, yeah, I mean, there's three in defence that obviously picked themselves: Martinez, Dina, Cash, and Carlos. I think he'll go Conser instead of Mings. Okay. Um. Yep, I think that's how he sees it. Kamara will definitely play. McGinn will definitely play. Toss up then between Luis and Ramsey. I think he will go Ramsey, and then um, I think he'll go Coutinho. Uh, Buendia, not Buendia, um Bailey, and um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm. Watkins. I don't know between Ings and Ings and Watkins. I think, Ings I think Watkins. probably Watkins. Yeah. I think Watkins. Um, yes, is it, but, but it's, but it's interesting, isn't it? That there's still, there's still so many positions up for grabs. In yeah, my, in yeah. My well, that shows the depth of the squad, doesn't it? Uh, which is a good thing, really. And uh, you know, you look at Bournemouth. Um, I mean, I mean, was it Scott Parker got interviewed the other day after they lost two on to Real Sociedad in uh, pre-season? And they asked him, do you think you're, you're ready to survive this season? He says, no, we haven't got enough. So uh, he wants more signings, uh, particularly in defence. He says, we only have three central defenders. It's had uh, a bit of mind games, though. You know, managers tend to do that, don't they? they sort of, sort of... It, um... it could be mind games, but then I looked at their squad and... Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> sure they've got enough to survive this season, if I'm honest. Mm. Obviously, we got caught by Watford last season on the first day of the year. They were a yeah. rubbish team. It proved at the end of the season, but they were super excited first day of the season. We were all over the place. And um, Ish- Ish- Ishmael Assar had a wonderful day against Matt Target. So hopefully the same doesn't happen this year. Hopefully we're not caught cold on the first day against a team that's excited to be back in the Premier League. I think my concern would be actually... 
maybe not Solanke, who I think will start for Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't really do well in the Premier League last time, but obviously, you know, he's older now and a bit wiser. Might be, I might have a better second a second go at it. It's more what slightly concerns me might be if, you know, they bring on Junior Stanislas and Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore, I think, is a really difficult, awkward player to deal with. Huge presence. And he just will cause problems against whatever defence he's against if they send a long ball into him. Or Carlos will have him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, um, for lunch. For lunch. <laughs> for brunch. Bottomless brunch. Um, but... Uh, you know, we we can be exploited in wide areas with our fullbacks getting high, as we were against Wren. Uh, there was a chance they created where I think McGinn, poor touch, and uh, Dino was a bit further up the pitch. And that's where I think Villa might have a weakness this season if we get caught in behind the fullbacks. So if Stanislas can get in behind and get a ball into Keith Moore, that could cause us a few problems later in the game. But, you know, Villa have to attack this really hard. feel like we're the, Premier, we're, we're the established Premier League team. We've got mm-hmm. some absolutely quality players. Really going to disbelieve, and we're going to win this. But you know they're going to they're going to fight really hard on the first day of the season. You would assume um, coming up to the championship. But let's just repeat what we did a few years ago on the first day of the season. Rudiger stead header, um, which then went on to be such a brilliant year for Aston Villa, where we then won two more games all year and were relegated. Uh, with Jolie and Lescott sending tweets out to the world of his. Uh, Lamborghini or whatever it was. So yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. And I and may I just remind our audience actually of something. Um, we were approached by Bournemouth FC a couple of weeks ago to um, muse about Villa's um, thoughts. Well, sorry, well, muse- we were approached by the coaches staff to give them the secret tips. <laughs> Tell Scott more. Scott. Uh, well, actually, Stan Collymore is a really good striker. Um, I'd look out for Ian Taylor in midfield. Um, he- yeah, no, don't. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't give any secrets away. Uh, but we, uh, but we, we will be featuring in the in the program. So any Villa fans that are going to, uh, the game, you know, if you if if you if you want to not just hear from us, if you want to read our words, our thoughts on paper, uh, then uh, then we'll appear in the program. So look out, uh, for that. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. Things are about to get hot and heavy here on the All Villa No Filler podcast as I ask you, George, in this, the spicy question, whether making John McGinn the captain was the right call and whether it was too harsh on Tyro Mings to not even make him a vice captain. Um, no, and <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. No, listen, there's no Frankie. You know this from your time at Russia Olympic, of course. Uh, there's no sentimentality in football. You know, <laughs> my uh, time at Russia Olympic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're not good enough, not good. Oh, not good enough. Tara Mings is very, very good. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Um, I think in Gerard's mind, when Gerard joined. Uh, he singled out McGinn as yeah. someone who he was, you know, he is the epitome of what he wants to see in a player. Um, works his socks off. Um, is 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 quality. I know there are some Villa fans that think, you know, last season he was a little bit patchy. But in his defence, during his time at Villa, he's been asked to play a number of roles within that midfield three um and for the main has done an absolutely brilliant job doing it again let's not forget he's come from hibernian scottish league people may argue you know it's it's not particularly strong he came in joined us when we were in the championship um and was phenomenal for us uh in the in you know in the in that in that league it helped get us promoted um and has been amazing for us in the premier league too so much so that he's had numerous links with big, big clubs. I think Man United is a club that stands out for me as a team which have been strongly linked with signing McGinn. Liverpool, I think, were linked with him as well at some point. Mm-hmm. So um, he's got it in his locker, hasn't he? He's, uh, he's, for not, he's I mean, he's Scotland's talisman, uh, as, uh, you know, during their sort of renaissance, really, uh, as a, as a half-decent 
international side. Um, scores some amazing goals for us as well. Does the dirty work. Uh, gets stuck in. He he is a Gerard type player. You can understand why Gerard has picked him as captain. Um, and I think, you know, you asked me, is it harsh for him not to be made vice captain, Tyron Mings, if he's not going to be captain? Well, I kind of think it's it's probably more harsh to make him a vice captain if he was once captain. I think he, from my perspective, I was I, I would just be like, okay, just get me away from that sort of those names. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If I'm not going to be captain, don't call me anything. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I can see why Martinez and Carlos has, have been named vice captains instead. And as Gerard said himself, uh, you know, it's a chance for Mings to focus on his football, to forget about any of the responsibilities that come with being a captain on the field, and just to concentrate on being a centre back. Um, yes, he's come in with plenty. He's come in for plenty of criticism, uh, more so than than McGinn, far more than McGinn from the Villa fan base. Uh, for his performances at times, which I think is unfair. I think in the main, he's been a fantastic servant to Villa. He's been a great captain in terms of his in terms of his views, his values, his beliefs, all that sort of stuff, which comes with being a captain nowadays. It's not just about what you do on a football field. I think sometimes it's how you project yourself off the field. Yeah. He's been brilliant at that. You know, he's been a, he's been a top quality captain. He's, he says the right things. Um, and international level, you know, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Uh, he's not obviously first choice for England, but when we had those games in the Euros, the group games when he came into play, did a great job um, despite the pressure of all that. Yeah. Um, he's a good, he is a very good player, but I don't, I don't think that it's um, harsh on him to be stripped of the captaincy. He was given the captaincy by Dean Smith. Dean Smith is no longer there. We have Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard is manager. He picks the captain. He's picked John McGinn, and he said at the very beginning as well that. Um, that when he did make Ming's captain, when he first joined, he was still reviewing that position. So we always knew we'd reach this point where he would review the position of captaincy and he's decided to give it to him again. And I think that's just, that's just his decision as, as manager. Um, and, and that's just the way it is. And I thought it was a really classy message as well from Tyron Ming's um, to losing the captaincy to say, you know, McGinn is 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 a, is well-loved, liked around Villa Park and, and he'll still fight for the club. And it's the decision... Yeah. It's a decision which will benefit the club, um, and that was an important thing for him to say. It's it's the mark of the man for him to say that. Uh, oh yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't th- I don't I don't think it's harsh. I don't know whether you feel differently, but, but I don't think so. Yeah, well, football's a brutal industry, really, isn't it? It's probably the most brutal, one of the most brutal there is. I think Mings and McGinn have been absolutely uh, fantastic signings for Aston Villa, considering you know they they're a big part in getting us back into the Premier League. And keeping us there and making us love the club again, you know, like, because look, you know, when we got relegated, it was garbage. Like, my, so many of the players are either forgettable or just not likable um, mm. and came across that they just didn't care about the team, thought the dismissive of fans and it's just the way they portrayed themselves. And you see McGinn and Mings and they're two people who've really cared. And when it's all said and done, unless there's some kind of shocking turnaround, when it's all said and done, these two guys will go down as players that we absolutely love and adore yeah. um, forever. Uh, I, I've got huge amounts of time for both of them. I think it's probably suggestive that Ming's not getting the captains or losing the captaincy. Suggestive to me that our centre-back pairing this year is going to be um, uncertain. I'm not sure Gerard himself knows what his best one is yet. And it might take a few games to go. I think Callum Chambers has had a really strong preseason, and to be quite frank, has been really good since he signed for Villa. Mm-hmm. Bargain signing. Um, you know, I interviewed Andrew Mangan from Ars Blog uh, when we signed him, and a great interview. Honestly, watch it. He's so interesting on Callum Chambers, and Arsenal fans love the guy. And to be quite frank, from what I've seen at Villa, I can see why. So I could imagine him and Carlos being the, the leading pair. Carlos, I think, is going to be the, the, the main centre-back. He's already a vice-captain, which probably says a lot about how he carries himself. Um, Esri Concer, I've rated for a long time. Um, I'm not sure uh, with his injury um, and maybe his form at the latter half of the season last year, whether he'll be a certainty. But I, I think we'll, we'll certainly see Concer and Carlos as appearing at some point. Um, but yes, but, but 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 on that point, isn't it? If we if we if we think about the captaincy decision, what all that means is 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 clearly McGinn is going to start the majority of games, whereas Mings won't because because yes. of that element of competition. 
Yes. And look, McGinn, he deserves it. He's been a great servant to Villa. He is a talismanic player. I think sometimes when you see him live, you really see the way he chases opposition players down. No wonder his international manager loves him and no wonder two managers at Villa have absolutely loved the guy and are very reluctant to ever drop him. Um, there's a reason for that, you know, that Dean Smith and Steven Gerrard both are so keen to play him all the time. Um, and they're, they're absolute football experts, you know. So, you know, no matter what, there's, there's something that McGinn has and he's, he's a very rounded player. Uh, and I think he would have been a great signing for someone like a United who desperately need players like that, who have a great attitude both on and off the pitch and quality on it as well. Can he sometimes be frustrating with some wayward passes? Yeah, every now and again he can be. But ultimately, I think uh, what he offers positively uh, is um, far outweighs any any flaws. And that um, it'll be interesting to see whether we can see more from him attacking this season. Because obviously, without an out-and-out CDM last year, um, he was doing a lot of defensive covering. And I think, you know, if he can play a bit further forward... Um, there's more goals and assists to come from John McGinn. So I think he'll. this could help raise his game to another level, as I think it did with Grealish when he was made captain. That was the spicy question, and both George and I were very happy to see John McGinn get made captain for Aston Villa. If you agree with that, or think Tyra Mings was treated too harshly, you can get in touch with us by emailing allvillanofiller at gmail.com, or get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Well, as we all know, it's the start of the Premier League season this weekend. We've talked a lot about Aston Villa, of course, uh, but we're going to round things off a little bit by asking a few questions uh, about the league more generally. Um, starting with this question to you, Frankie, who is going to win the league? I am all over the place on this. Uh, all the logic in my brain is telling me it's going to be Manchester City mm. signing Erling Haaland. That should make the difference. They're an absolutely incredible team. And they should be with the money they spend and the resources they have. Um, but it's also, you know, attacking players at City don't tend to start, don't tend to start like a house on fire there. They often take a year to get going, as we saw with Grealish last year, Sterling and uh, Riyad Mahrez. So, the t- so if Haaland takes a bit of time to get going, that could be a decisive factor because the margins are so thin at the top of the table that if Liverpool just get on a run straight away and Darwin Nunes starts like a house on fire there and they just win every, you know the first ten games or something mad, that could be that could be it. Um, but uh, I, I have a feeling losing Sterling might. I, I used to think he made a huge difference at City. I think he's a, he's a great player. Um, and he, do, you not, do you not think Liverpool losing Mane would might have the same effect on? Yes, on he, yes, that's that is true. Yeah, for sure. Um, they're both both a bit of wild card. I don't quite know which is going to settle in the best. Um, but uh, if I had to guess, I'd go with City. Obviously, with the pre the mid season break, anything can happen with injuries, whatever. Really hard to tell, to be honest. Um, but um, I lean towards City winning it. And do you know what? Tottenham Hotspur, they look mm. absolutely quality. Yeah. They've got an absolutely amazing manager who's won the Premier League in yeah. Serie A. They've got the best striker in the league. Well, actually, I'd say the best two strikers in the league. Two really. of the best, yeah. Two of the most proven, I guess. And yeah. um, Dejan Kulusevski, uh, Bentanker, Jed Spencer just come in, um, signed uh, Yves Basuma. Don't write off Tottenham doing something really interesting this year, you know. Um, I really think if they they can push the top two, it just depends on... I, I can't see Tottenham going on like a 10-game winning streak. I can see City or Liverpool doing that. Um, but don't write off Tottenham. I think something very weird could happen this season with them. Yeah, I, I think it could be a strange season. I wouldn't write off Spurs either. Yeah. Um... 
you know, Conte with a full preseason behind him, you know what he's what he's like. He's just a winner, isn't he? Um, and he's he's up uh, to me for me. He's up there with Pep and and Klopp in terms yes, of his definitely. abilities as a manager. Um, yeah. And for me, he's got the best strikers there. Uh, so, you know, you could argue about the quality of the rest of the squad, but but if you've got you know Son and Kane who can score twenty goals a season easily, both of them. Um, then, then they could be they could be on to something for sure. So, um, so you think City? Then I think you're going to know your flag for the master. Say that, yeah. I, I, I am going to say, I, I'm going to say, yeah, City. I think Grealish has a better year than last year as well. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so there we are. Uh, top scorer, Harry Kane. I oh, know it's a really boring <laughs> guess, but no, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 a it's a World Cup year. You know, he needs to be banging them in ahead of November, and I think he'll be doing that. So, yeah, I think mm. that's for me. That feels like a no brainer. Not, I mean, Son obviously. I think Son scored more last season, didn't he? Okay, he I did. Think he yes, Golden Gone boot. Yep. So you know, don't write him off either. Um, and and you know, Nunez and and Harland clearly very good strikers. But I think you're right, Frankie, when you say you know it might take a, a bit of time to bed into the league. I think that's probably fair. Uh, so yeah, I'd say Kane as well. Uh, relegated, the bottom three. Oh, Bournemouth, I think. Yeah. Uh, Fulham will be there or thereabouts. Everton don't convince me too much. Oh, really? You think they'll but go down? I don't think they'll go down. No, um, but I think they'll have another tricky year. Losing Richarlison, another Tottenham signing. Um, there's one team. There's one team for me that I'm absolutely pegging to go down. Mm-hmm. Leeds. You think Leeds? Yeah, I mean Forest, obviously another promoted club, but I just think yeah. there's something about Forest. I mean, signing Lingard for them is a big signing. Yeah, you know, good Premier League player. To, uh, it's a bit of a coup, I think, for them to get Lingard. And I, I, I think um, um, Cooper is a good manager. Cooper home, home form. form. Yeah. Cooper's a good manager. I think they'll have that bounce of being a big club back in the Premier League again. I think they'll be. I think they'll be okay. But um, um, actually, I'm gonna go. Bournemouth, Fulham, Brentford. Uh, really? I, I thought Brentford was starting to look absolutely dreadful midway through last season. And then Christian Eriksen came in and turned it around. I'm not sure. I think they might have a second season syndrome this year. Um, mm. I hope not. I quite like the way they play and I, I like the way the club operates and, um, you know, all that. But it's, no Ericsson this year is at United. Yeah, I think I think Brentford could be in for a tricky year this year. So that's my bottom three. There we are then. Uh okay. So we move on now to top four. In in order. City, Liverpool, Tottenham. Ooh, I, oh, I don't know. I don't I don't know whether United are going to be better this year because of Ten Hag. I think Sancho's looking a lot better this preseason. Mm-hmm. Rashford looked more alert as well. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go Arsenal. Yeah, I'm gonna say Zinchenko is a good yeah. signing, and, and I think Gabriel Jesus. Jesus, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think that's the, I agree with that. Yeah, City, Liverpool, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Chelsea, look at me. Chelsea, too transitional. Yeah, I think but also are. look, it's a weird season with that. But you don't know the could you know, no. Nottingham Forest could just shock us all and win the league like Leicester did the other year. You know, something yeah. something weird could happen. It could happen. Well, that brings us nicely to my next question. Maddest event of the year. What 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 do you think crazy could happen? Lawrence Bassini takes over Birmingham City and moves them to Scotland. <laughs> that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> he is he is pretty he is strange. Uh, and they have to He's... go again, uh starting from like the non leagues in Scotland. Yeah. Uh I mean that was certainly would I love how I think last season a maddest event of the year involved Birmingham City. It did. Um we see that seems to be a habitual uh, thing. But um okay. So do you legitimately think the will take over Blues and move them to a different part of the United Kingdom? That could that could I mean that would be mad for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, but I'm mine. Mine is quite tame by comparison. Okay, what's yours? I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with um, Jacob Ramsey gets na- named in the England squad for the World Cup. Ooh, okay, 
that doesn't sound too mad i agree but yeah no it's 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 it would be i mean it would be an incredible achievement for him in one and a half seasons at villa to make the 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 england world cup squad but if he has if he continues on his trajectory yeah i think i mean even madder would be cameron archer yeah maybe maybe i'll go with cameron archer makes england squad no that's very yeah i can't (laughs) Gosh. Listen, we're going for, we're going for maddest maddest of the year. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, we are maddest yeah, of the year. I think completely mental. Watkins and Ings terrifically injured after the transfer window shuts. Archer thrown in, bangs in twenty five goals, gets called up the England squad. Um, there we are, mad. Uh, twenty five goals by October. <laughs> by October. Which I think like Lee Hughes did for for West Brom like once. He scored like there we are. Then there's a precedent. The goals, yeah. There's a precedent set then. Um, and then Villa's top scorer. Final question. Top scorer, Ollie Watkins. And if he start, if he can score early, get a couple of early goals this season, I think he could be on course for 15, 16. That's what he should aim for. Yeah, I agree. I think Watkins. And again, the sort of anti-Watkins brigade on Twitter, you know, show, Twitter, him some, show, show him some respect. Because, you know, he was our top scorer last season. And... So there, yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he scored more goals in one battle with Angel that everyone thinks of as some sort of villa legend. And I, hey, I'm not knocking Angel; he was a very good player. I loved him when I was growing up. Yeah, but his his, his goal scoring record is is well, worse than. I Watkins. guarantee you, yeah, Watkins get that much respect. Watkins would leave. He goes somewhere, score a bunch of goals, and the same people who are tweeting about he's not good enough and all this, and yeah, you know, they'd be like, "Why did we sell him? What, what you know, what?" He was our player. He was our man. Why did we? It's just that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just um, does he have flaws in his game? Yeah. Can he frustrate sometimes? Yeah, but he's also a really, really good striker. He's and he's the best striker we've had in absolutely years. Yeah, so, yeah. I yes, agree. It's it's an interesting position, striker. Uh, we'll see how it develops this year. But I really believe Watkins can should aim. For 15, 16 this year. Yeah. I, I, what I would throw into the mix as well, which I don't think a lot of people have considered is, um, he has, a, he's at least he's had a full preseason behind him this year, which he didn't have last season. Yeah. And he was injured at the start of last season. Yes. If he, if he, we've got a good run of games at the start of the season. If he starts, if he plays, if he scores, if he gets off, you know, the ground running, then I think he could have a really good season. So I'm, um, yeah, I agree. Villa's top scorer. How many he scores, I don't know. But I do think he will still be the main man up front. Exciting. New season's here, George. I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. Very excited. Uh, well, there we are. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Once more, uh, I've been your host, George Zelinski. Frankie, I will catch you later. Yes, and I'll catch you later, George, too. Up the villa. Up the villa. And that uh, is goodbye from me. We will be back again, Wi-Fi permitting, uh, to review the Bournemouth game. But until then, come on Super Aston Villa.